Welcome to episode 459 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm continuing my review of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions, or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live recording uh, recording streams, live streams on Discord, or if you listen on the um, podcast or YouTube feeds. Or the Troubled Minds Radio Network, KUAP, Digital Broadcasting, where you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Troubled Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Troubled Minds Radio, and Liam Martin, host of the Exiled Minds podcast, for producing this show and putting it up on the station. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. You can also uh, find some books I've written, uh, paranormal fiction and nonfiction, over on Amazon. If you'd like more content, uh, at least one episode per month, of the True Paranormal Stories from the Web, you can find that on Patreon. That is exclusive Patreon content. And um, you can get that by joining any of the membership tiers. So, and I'm hoping, I'm going to try to start, uh, see if I can get that up to one episode a week. But we'll see what happens uh, soon. So, um, so there's that. Also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, uh, there are links for PayPal and Venmo also in all the episode descriptions. Along with all those other links as well. Um... Support is never expected, but always appreciated, especially if you like the show to keep on getting better, as there are expenses uh, for equipment and research materials and uh, travel travel as well, travel expenses, as I will be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this year over in the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. That is November 4th and 5th. It's a Saturday and Sunday, and I'll be there... Uh, doing recordings of myself and and uh, others if they wish, and to share in the show when I get back as far as thoughts on the, the convention and uh, the paranormal and just uh, experiences possibly, all those different things. And I'll share those when I get back from that. And that's, uh, again, that's in early November. So uh, I think that covers everything. Um, so I think I can get on with this review here. Again, this is um, based on a summary that I was able to have generated um, using some different AI tools. So um, I'll be reading from that and adding in uh, parallels to other paranormal activity as I go here. So we left off on book, or I'm not sure it's chapter 9 or not, what, but I'm I think it's chapter 9 of the, um, the uh, Charles Fort's Book of the Damned. And this next section talks about several anomalous artifacts and materials 
uh, reportedly found embedded in geological strata, as in um, rock, basically layers of the of the the ground, the rocks and everything, and or ancient ruins, which challenge mainstream archaeological and geological timelines. Uh, some of these items included a geometric metal cube found in uh, coal, found in some coal in Austria, claimed to be made of uh, true meteor- meteoric material, and uh, its origin and presence in the coal is debated. Uh, there's also a metal seal, I'm guessing the main coin or just emblem, uh, buried deep in chalk in England with medieval Christian imagery on it, raising doubts about the assumed age of the chalk layer. There's also a, a bell-shaped metal vessel allegedly found blasted out of solid rock in Massachusetts in 1851, supposedly made by the... Um, by a biblical figure that I'm not sure I can say that name right, so I'm not going to go there. There was also a carved crystal lens. Now think of lens as an um, optical, as in viewing and or magnifying, uh, just looking at something that we used for looking through things, I believe. Um, so this lens was found in the ruins of Nineveh. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Claimed to be too advanced for ancient Assyrian technology. Other other artifacts, excuse me, I can't talk, such as nails or gold threads found embedded in stone, suggesting uh, anomalously rapid geological processes are evidence of advanced civilization, ancient civilizations. So, um... So this is, these are all things that are sort of thought to be impossible to have existed as far back as when some people think they they were um, basically things that that we people don't think could have been made as far back as the dating or the location of the item would <clears throat> excuse me the item would suggest. So um, that is really odd. And you hear about that. That's just a few examples of that. But there's a whole thing out there called um, out-of-place artifacts. Um, you can look up online different things. And uh, it's a whole thing you can, sort of a whole topic you can go down into if you want to. So really is an amazing thing to look into as well. Let me see here one moment. I have to check on something. All right, so um, going on to the end of this section here. Um, so, yeah, I think that basically covers that. Uh, next section here talks about, um, let me see here. Early explorers who um, had limited understanding of geography and how their view of the world as homogeneous genus uh, gave way over time to appreciating uh, its 
heterogeneity. I didn't look up those things, so I don't know what they are. Um, but we'll see what the rest of this says. Um, so Charles Fort again argues against the mainstream scientific establishment, uh, suggesting they suppress anomalous information here. He uh, brings up examples of astronomical anomalies. This is what, there, there, there it is. That's what the section is about. Such as um, comets appearing either late or not at all when they were supposed to, supposedly. Uh, an eclipse that didn't happen. Halley's Comet showing up off schedule. And uh, he suggests that astronomers come up with ad hoc explanations rather than acknowledging uh, failures of prediction. So, Fort refers to possible visits to Earth by extraterrestrial beings. And this is way back when. This is over, this is 100 years ago or so or more. So, if you think about that and compare it to sort of the modern idea of UFOs and aliens and all that, this goes back before, before any of that, in a way. But if you think about that, I mean, there's a lot of stories and mythology and legends and and ancient traditions, um, basically um, records or, or stories from people all around the world of things they experienced across throughout time, really, and the sky that they thought must be some kind of something that was being flown or operated by other beings. So, um, let me see here. Now, uh, there are um, also such objects as um, there have been masks that have been found, other objects, and the, I think this is in relation to this uh, last section as well. Some of these objects, maybe that are out of place, could be from some of these um, extraterrestrial sh or ships or crafts and visitors who may have visited Earth way back when, again. So, um, so yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the next section there, uh, that, that talks about. So, um, so yeah, really interesting book overall. It's, it's, it's odd because it's in, um, sort of <clears throat> language that is not totally modern, the way we think of now, but, um, if you really read into it, it's really amazing the things he's talking about. Some of the same things that we talk about now and things that were talked about before him. So just in different ways, in different using different words, I think, is the key there. So, uh, so that was chapter 10. Chapter 11 here. Uh, this next section discusses uh, artifacts found in North America such as coins, stone tablets, uh, and axes or wedges, so basically tools, with strange markings that do not clearly match any known ancient language. Um, Four argues that these objects suggest ancient contact between the Ameri Americas and other parts of the world, which goes against the view that... Um, Indigenous, indigenous Americans were isolated. So uh, he is also critical of mainstream archaeologists for readily dismissing or ignoring these anomalies, 
goes on there about that. Um, Fort sees a, a pattern of new evidence, um, basically that is just rejected. And uh, there's mention of uh, stones, odd stones that have in inscriptions on them found in caves in Europe dating back to prehistoric times. The letters on some of these stones resemble the Roman alphabet characters as well. So, um, let's see, looking at more of this. Um, now, this is something here. He, um, Charles Fort has a view that humanity understands only a small fragment of a larger, more complex reality, and anomalous evidence can expand uh, understanding. And uh, I do agree with that. I think there's just so much out there we, we uh, really don't even know, but um, we're not going to know much more if we don't look. So, um, so some of these are going pretty quickly here. Next chapter here discusses uh, various anomalous archaeological finds and artifacts. Again, more of these sections on this topic. Um, and, of course, it mentions again unusually large stone axes, uh, giant footprints, and strange markings on tablets and stones. So now you're getting into the topic... Um, at least in part of the idea of giants, in a way. Or at least larger than, than expected um, humanoid beings, basically. So, um, Fort mentions various odd artifacts of seemingly non-human origins, such as tiny, <clears throat> excuse me, fairy crosses, miniature coffins containing figurines, and unusual flint tools suggesting visitations to Earth by non-human entities. So again, going back to this idea of other beings, and I think um, another way to look at that, visitations to Earth, I wonder if it could even just be sort of visitations to this version or this level of reality, this version of Earth, this kind of, the Earth that we all are familiar with from other versions of it. Maybe even there's um I think that's that's a possibility as well. So um, let's see here. Looking at more of this, there's a wide range of these objects that are found. Um, that again, they're just really odd, and they should basically, in his point of view, change the view of the past. So. Uh, let me see here. On to part 13 here. This discusses reports of strange ice falls and blocks of ice dropping from the sky, sometimes containing things like frogs. Again, going back to these weird um, situations where living creatures like frogs and other things um, would fall from the sky, but in these cases, they're surrounded by ice. So, um, let's see here. There's, uh, some, some science, uh, mainstream scientists tried to dismiss everything as, uh, congealed hailstones, um, but he doesn't really agree that that's what they are. Uh, 
for it mentions ice sheets and frozen areas spanning miles in the upper atmosphere, which he terms the Super Sargasso Sea. Okay, so I didn't get that before. So he's basically suggesting there's these ice layers of ice up, I guess, out in the middle of the atmosphere, in the middle, near space, I don't know. Um, again, I don't know if that really still fits now with all the sort of technology that we have now, but uh, again, if these are maybe even in other dimensions or whatever, then maybe it does. Who knows? Um, that's why I still wanted to look into this, because um, there's so many possibilities. Uh, there's reports that mention clear ice pieces raining down in cloudless daylight, defying easy explanation, and isolated rain falling repeatedly in one spot from a clear sky. So that is um that does seem odd. And uh I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Not even I've heard of um weather just the sort of storms just appearing out of nowhere in um certain situations. I had a story a while ago, I remember, where these two people were taking a walk through the woods and they came across this um hearing sounds of like birds and frogs put together like someone was trying to make those sounds then they came across a toad and when one of the two people tried to uh, pet it the storm showed up lightning and thunder and rain and everything and forced them to just get out of there so I've heard of that but I haven't heard of just rain falling out of a clear sky so um, so yeah that's a neat one there I think I might be able to get to these last two that I have set aside for today on this show. Um, Fort, this next section, this is chapter 14. Um, Fort discusses reports by astronomers of unusual objects seen near or crossing between the sun and the planet. Excuse me. Um, Including dark spindle and oval shapes and shining bodies. Again, going to sort of the idea of UFOs. And in recent times, I've heard people talk about uh, videos caught by um, various space agencies of objects seeming to be flying around the sun and even going into and out of the sun, which is really amazing. So here you have almost similar reports going back to before there were any such cameras out there. So that's really, I think that's amazing. Again, just pointing out that it's possible all this, all the paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, it's really been going on throughout time. So various sightings are mentioned of odd luminous spots and lights seen on or near the surface of the moon. Again, more, more um, parallels to today. Uh, Fort argues that these point to uh, activity by alien craft rather than being merely volcanic. So, um, reports are cited of numerous dark, fast-moving objects cited crossing, uh, going across the sun and the moon, very much like today's Black Triangle UFOs. Uh, Fort speculates they could be giant craft navigating our solar system. So, um, 
so yeah, that's really that's really neat there. Um, uh, just like I said, this idea that the stuff has all been around for as probably as long as, or maybe even before we have. So that was fourteen. Talking about um, fifteen here. Uh, let's see here. So I'm just going through a lot of this part here that just talks about the usual. Okay, so this next section is about what Fort calls cup marks. That's C-U-P. Ancient symbols carved into rocks found around the world and argues they represent some kind of communication from an external force rather than between ancient humans. That's an interesting idea there. He sees symbolic meaning in the common... Interpretation of cut marks uh, looking like rows of footprints, and footprints indicate landing and arrival. The cut marks seem to represent messages raining down onto uh, specific receptor areas on Earth uh, from some other world, though often scattered randomly. Fort suggests they may relate to lost explorers stranded on Earth trying to uh, communicate home or beings intentionally marking Earth from above for mysterious reasons. And uh, his view is that these marks point uh, these, these marks point to off-planet origins and forces rather than mere mythology or mediumistic explanations. Um, let me see here. So... Um, he offers that it's basically sp- uh, speculation, but it's inconclusive. And overall, just uh, this just goes into Ford's ideas about there being more out there than we know. So, um, so that's all I have set aside for today. I'll just uh, close out the show here in a couple minutes. But this has really been amazing checking all this out because um, there's just so much here that, like I've been saying this whole show you could sort of change the words around and have it refer to any number of things that we we hear about today. Objects found in stones that seem like they are from centuries ago, but yet they shouldn't have... There's no reports of technology being advanced enough to make those objects way back when. Um, These marks, these cup marks, really... That idea of them being from other entities is really amazing to me. Um, who knows for sure? Like, I mean, even Fort says that he doesn't know. But, um, but I think the uh, out of place artifacts and then the those marks, those cup marks, CUP, like I said, um, out of all the stuff that I've sort of gone through tonight, those are maybe some of the most interesting. I, c- I could maybe see ice. I don't know, even though to me that's that's still a stretch, sort of thinking that that's all can be explained by regular weather, I don't know. But the objects that are found in um, the ground, although the, the frogs being found in these chunks of ice um, is also odd. So, But yeah, it's, this has really been an amazing experience, sort of summarizing th- these books and and uh, reviewing them so far. I hope you all have been, been enjoying it. And um, if, if, if so, then we'll do more of these kinds of shows with other 
material later on once we get through this whole series of shows on the complete books of Charles Fort. So thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all in the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.